An island in the Strait of Georgia that particularly enchants me is smallish Middle Natch Island. And up the strait, one of the chapters devoted to Middle Natch is entitled, So Near Yet So Far. What is the order of the seasons? Does it begin with spring, or is it a never-ending cycle? Can the transition be noticed during a single day? As summer draws to a close, I target one of my closest goals in the Strait of Georgia, a place I have talked about to myself for several years. Why have I not already visited Middle Natch? The island lies only 30 kilometers northwest of Powell River, an easy hour's trip up the strait. Therein lies the problem. My day trips have been increasingly uncommon in recent years, replaced by many voyages within the Strait of Georgia and its extremities. It doesn't take long to learn that loading the boat for a day trip is nearly as big a chore as preparing for a week. But now there is an extra morning at the end of a three-day trip to Prudhoe Haven and Cortez Island, and Middle Natch is now in sight. But this is one of the mysteries of Middle Natch. As you focus on it, the island moves farther away. Surely it's an old wife's tale, appropriately ingrained in a Quakuto translation of the island's name. It looks close. It seems to move away as you approach it. I have focused on Middle Natch for the past 10 miles during our approach from the east, and it does not seem to be getting any closer. The island lies flat against the morning horizon, catching sunlight from behind the bayliner. Vancouver Island forms a background for Middle Natch, and that background seems to be growing in size no faster either. In the right season, not this one, they say you can hear the island before you see its prominent features. The seasonally noisy seabird colony and sea lion haul-out add to the mystique. Middle Natch sits in the mixing changeover point of the tides swirling around Vancouver Island. At the north end of the Strait of Georgia, water flows southward from Port Hardy. To the south, the flow is northward after rounding the bend from Puget Sound. The resulting nutrient-rich water and mild climate give Middle Natch the nickname of Galapagos of Georgia Strait. Nestled in the rain shadow of Vancouver Island, Middle Natch receives an annual rainfall only half that of nearby Campbell River, and the semi-arid soil even boasts prickly pear cactus. So many unique factors combine to make this island a place that should not have been missed in my travels. Now I am here, or almost so. Drawing closer, at least per my GPS track, the island's low-lying profile adds to the deceptive illusion of distance. Its isolation from other landmarks also contributes to the illusion. The island certainly doesn't look like much from here, a flattened mound floating on the ocean. The sea is near flat on this mid-September morning, so the northwest anchorage seems appropriate. We'll only be here a few hours. So a day hook in those 
light northwest swells should be adequate. I wouldn't trust the northwest shore in conditions less ideal than these, although my boating guide indicates a shallow bottom with moderate holding. Another First Nations name for this island is Calm Back End. But it is difficult to believe that the low-lying island protects this bay during stormy southeast winds, and the bay is directly exposed to fair-weather northwest winds. It's a beautiful morning, an extension of summer in September that allows the sun to penetrate my skin in near-burning warmth. Yet, as the bayliner swings on its short scope road in the northwest bay, it becomes suddenly cold as the boat's cabin blocks the sun on the aft deck. It is one of those mornings when I want the world to revolve even slower. Margie and I sit on the aft deck in the sun, an occasional swinging shade, relaxing and reading before going ashore. We are the only boat in the bay, and there is no need to rush the sun-filled morning. The bay liner holds nicely on its anchor as I prepare our dinghy, Mr. Bathtub, for the short trip to shore. There is no need for the motor today, so the preparation is quick. Back to my book to finish a chapter, and then it's time to hop aboard Mr. Bathtub. As I rode ashore, I noticed that the northwest winds aid my efforts, and I contemplate what would happen if the northwest winds pick up. The trip back to the bayliner would be more of a voyage than a jaunt. But the sky burns blue and warm, banishing all thoughts of problems in life from my mind. The wide gravelly beach is now at low tide, so I pull Mr. B well up the shore and tie his bowline to a beyond-the-tide log. The arid vegetation begins immediately at the high water mark, stretching around the crescent-shaped shore. The paths are nicely marked, perk-like, and well-worn by island visitors. There are no others here now, but it's easy to imagine the intrusion of many during the early months of summer. What is also missing is the seasonal plethora of seabirds and wildflowers. I mentally marked the island for a return visit in the spring. We climb up the trail to the top of the bluff on East Hill and tuck into a wooden bird blind. Below us, a few gulls peck at the rocks, but this is not the level of activity that must have dominated the spot during the spring and early summer. After leaving the blind, we look down on picturesque Camp Bay at the warden's cabin. Beyond is West Hill and the larger portion of the island, off limits to visitors. We descend the well-groom path towards the cabin, and Margie peels off towards the wooden hut, while I return to the beach where Mr. Bathtub awaits. Waiting for Margie to return to the cove, I climb the low cliffs at the north end of the beach. I lay on a granite ledge, basking in the sun and watching the tide move up the beach. The bayliner bobs in the gentle northwest winds just offshore, and the seasons march imperceptibly onward. My imagination brings me back here in another season, in the spring, if not sooner. 
But first there will be autumn and winter, when the island will sit fairly deserted except for the sea lions. Middle Natch will continue its floating illusion through the winter months in the northern strait of Georgia, weathering the seasonal storms and awaiting the return of spring. For further information about the Up the Lake series of books, visit www.powellriverbooks.com. See you up the lake.